Hey, this is Nick Shins from Job for a Cowboy. You are watching CMS TV. Rachel. And I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and today we are going to take it to a very heavy, very dark, very evil place. One of my favorite bands that just up and abandoned me and everybody else for a decade. I mean, a solid decade they went away. The band, of course, job for a cowboy. Thankfully, they are back. Killer, 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 killer fucking record called awesome. Moon Healer, which everybody that is into any kind of heavy music needs to listen to. And here to talk all about this record is the bassist of the band, Mr. Nick Shengelos. Got yeah. it. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Great job. Great job. I'm good, man. I'm good. Keeping up uh, on the caffeine tip. Uh, I went out to, we went and saw Tool last night and uh, ended up back at my house and it was like, you know, I don't know, two or three. We were, we were tying one on so nice. I'm keeping, the keeping the caffeine flowing so i can stay focused <laughs> keep digging through these inner dude i have so i have a i have a tool connection actually um oh really not yeah very slight very tiny but um maynard quoted me in his book which really? was like the coolest thing of all dude is the weirdest thing i i used to write for a little magazine here in cleveland scene magazine and oh. i reviewed the enema record a zillion yeah. years ago and he pulled a quote from it and it was in his book and i didn't know until oh, wow. i was reading the book and i'm reading no the book shit. and i was like so said chris aiken of scene man i was like wait a minute <laughs> oh wow this was a perfect union of contrary things that's that right that he came out with yeah. yeah cool i have the audiobook i'll have to i'll have to find that spot i'm gonna be yeah, listening it's, for it's, it now it's very cool, man. But that's awesome. Anyway, we're, we're not here to talk about Tool, although we are going to definitely talk <laughs> about a band that is really doing some different stuff, and that, of course, being your band, Job for a Cowboy. Thank you. Before, before we get into Moon Healer, though, let's ask the obvious question: Where the hell have you guys been? Well, um, I spent ten years as John Travolta, and <laughs> Johnny was Nick Cage. Nice. So it was like kind of like Face Off, the movie, but. <laughs> in real life and for 10 years. 
and it was just it would have been weird to put a record out like with uh, you know nick cage's voice right on job for a cowboy so we were like ah we ended up going to this uh pretty much a, like a like a witch doctor on the bush in australia and they um were able to like have us drink the brew or whatever and uh <laughs> switch back into our regular bodies and we're like oh shit, it's been 10 years we better put this man we got to put a record out um yeah but in, in all reality like um uh about right after we dropped sun eater uh mm-hmm. johnny johnny had his first kid right and uh he wanted to really i mean i've never really even asked or talked to him about that but it's it's pretty blatant that like he was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna miss i don't want to sure. be a road a road dad you know um at least you know while they're and they're you know you want to be there for that first step and the first words mm-hmm. and all that stuff so now that they're getting a little older i think that was kind of actually part of why um what kicked him into gear i guess into wanting wanting to get this record out you know and this i mean that happened like 2017 ish we were talking you know because i had versions right. of these songs that go back to 2016 or 2015 um and so uh yeah like 2018 is when we started being like okay now there's like eight to ten songs okay uh let's 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 do this these are this is a good collection of songs let's move forward with it and so um then we started the process of like refining you know so right. we were like uh, we have it they're in oak barrels aging for six years these right. riffs and then we you know pulled them out and we're like okay let's put these together we really really work a lot on making the songs all flow because there's a lot of ideas and um you know the record can kind of take you on this roller coaster and we wanted to make sure that it was like everything made sense even though it was like whoa hard turn you know crazy turn like going into all these different Mm -hmm. parts but we wanted to make sure that it flowed um so that process took a little while and then you know um first i don't know there was this weird thing that happened in the early 2020s like everything was locked down for a little while. It was kind of <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I heard about that. Yeah. So that happened, and uh, so that really, I think the record probably might have come out in 2020 if if that hadn't happened. Um, but it really made it difficult <clears throat> to get it done because Tony, the guitar player, another reason also for the delays. Tony went to med school in Ireland, moved to Ireland, went to med school, and he just graduated, so he's a doctor now. Um, and so that you know that med school is take some time uh sure. take some energy and effort so uh in order for him to come over and record guitars which would take probably three weeks maybe he could squeeze it into two weeks um he couldn't we got drums done in 2020 but we couldn't get him down to florida record the record and then once he goes back to ireland he would have had to quarantine for 10 days before he could oh, go. Geez, so right that so that extra 10 days of the quarantining meant that he couldn't record the record in florida so we had to right. he had to record the record himself at his house and pretty much so that it was just done on the weekends you know from being right. from meds from med school so all that shit took a really long time we're sorry uh next one won't take 10 years i promise <laughs> very good man well dude and, and i i yeah exactly I have to, and I'm just, I'm playing fan here for a minute, but you, you guys were literally on the cusp of really breaking that ground of being the most successful death metal band, kind of other than Cannibal Corpse, probably of all time. Wow. And I have to think that with, with, you know, you were on billboard, you were charting on billboard with such heavy, aggressive music and stuff. Right. I have to imagine for you guys, as the time went on, you were like, oh, my God, are we going to miss 
the, the rare yeah. the rare air that we we were right at no right yeah i mean especially like the way that sun eater um was sort of i guess how it did because the previous records to that um they did good but it you could tell that it was like well, to me it felt like a band that was trying to find its sound okay um or, or to, to to refine it to you know really boil it down to its essence um through a lot of experimentation so there's you know like demonocracy was just mega tech riff mansion you know mm -hmm. and i think that any of the older fans that you know from from the doom ep era um they didn't they weren't there was like nothing for them you know and so i feel like with sun eater maybe just because the tempo is being a bit slower maybe because we we backed off on the amount of riffs and that we um repeated riffs you know like there's repetition there's there's choruses um that it seemed to kind of resonate with some of the fan base that had sort of been like we only like those six songs off the doom or seven songs off the doom ep um and it, it seemed that we kind of like finally had found our sound and like universally you know despite some outliers it was well received right. and that would have been a great time to get out and hit the road hard and mm -hmm. go take advantage of it but that's not how life worked out you know and so there was a bit of that like uh you know did you miss your window but then you know here we are in 2024 and like now tech technical death metal um is probably more popular than it's ever been sure um i mean you look at like what lorna shore is doing mm -hmm. um, yeah and those guys are they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger it's mm -hmm. crazy you know well, so uh, it, it, maybe it's maybe, a good thing we waited and the other good thing about it is you guys waited long enough to where there's that loop you know there's right. a lot of bands that do that hiatus and then they're back in three years and it doesn't do anything right yeah, you guys yeah. waited uh, long enough to where it's like okay wow they're back you know it's yeah, like oh yeah. get my tickets you gotta let it ferment mm -hmm. you know <laughs> that is really big oh every bit we've joked about this forever and like in, even in my other bands like if you want to be bigger you got to break up you know right <laughs> <laughs> you gotta break up and then it's like you know how long do you let it sit before you come back um so it's always a goof like that's you know oh well, all we got to do is just break up for like four or five years we'll come back and guarantees will be better and there'll be a lot more people at the shows um oh, but <laughs> but it's just a goof but it's kind of funny with uh with jfec that you now that kind of did end up happening yeah um, but yeah, you're right. It's got you got to time that time that window right. You go too soon, you pull the pull the uh, dish out of the oven too soon, man. Yeah, the it's just a mess. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, dude, I I do want to before we get into Moon Healer, and we will. But I want to talk about one of I think you played two shows last year, and one of them was this Blue Ridge Rock Festival, which was from right. everything I've heard a mess. You know. When you guys played that, A, was it a mess for you guys? And B, if it was a mess for you guys, did it really make you sort of wonder, well, maybe coming back is yeah. not such a good idea? <laughs> um, our day was really good. Like, our okay. day was great. Everything, it was the one day that everything went, for the most part, as planned. You know, the catering tent had gotten destroyed. You know, those guys... It's tough to put on a giant fest like that, and, sure. and there's a lot of criticism about it, you know, either way. Um, and you know, whether or not things were prepared enough for the inclement weather that came there, I guess that's a potential question. But there was some gnarly fucking weather that came through, you know, and right. like destroyed the fucking catering tent. 
So our day, that was really the only thing was that there was no food um, for us anyways, um, right. except they, they did have some like Nutri-Grain bars. There was stuff to munch on, but there wasn't like a meal, but they right. did provide booze. So we just did that and it worked great. You know, yeah, just perfect. <laughs> so that and and our show was awesome. We had a blast, killer turnout. We had Will from from Lorna Shore come up and sing and tune it with us, and um, yeah, saw tons of friends, and uh, it was a really great day. You know, it's just it was a shame that it fell apart because I was looking at going back and hanging out the whole rest of the weekend. But you know, the 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 metal god smiled upon us because. Uh, that day worked out really well for us. So it would have sucked. We do all this planning, all this big ten right. year comeback first go, and it gets canceled. And so right. we just lock, we locked out playing that Friday, and and uh, made it, it wet our appetite to want to do more. Very good, sure. man. Well, dude, I'll tell you what. Let's take a little quick break here. We're gonna we're gonna give people a taste of what you're doing on Moon Healer. We're gonna play the Forever Rod or piece of the Forever Rod video. Tell us a little bit about the song and about the video. So the Forever Rod is sort of the um the destination i would say almost of sun eater and moon healer but definitely moon healer the whole record is kind of taking you on this journey that this character is going through and then you it takes you to the forever rot and it's sort of like the the end the end piece you know um so it's for me it's it's my favorite track off the record um i love the moodiness of it i love the just the general atmosphere the song kind of provides and <clears throat> had a lot of fun making the video as well so um, I directed that with my buddy Kyle Lamar, who's an amazing director from uh, his company's called Digital Mile. Um, and uh, I've been working with Kyle for like four years now, and he's just a brilliant genius um, and uh, really kind of, you know, helped us spearhead getting that stuff out there, getting our ideas that we had about the song, the, con the concepts and stuff. And then Johnny and I were talking about, you know, we were tossing lots of movies back and forth because we also did the Agony Seeping Storm video as well. So right, this right. is like a sister video to that. And uh, it was super fun. You know, my girl helped me make um, uh, the, all the goop that the, right. the character, yeah. So we made that here, like for fucking took like four hours, like 25, <laughs> 25 gallons of this goop. You got to boil it. And then like, it's this whole process, but we had such a fun time doing it. And um, yeah, we hope people, hope people enjoy it. Hope they enjoy the video. Well, let's show them the goop right now. This is the Forever Rot. It is Job for a Cowboy from the Moon Healer release. So check it out, and we will be back shortly with Nick Shingelos. Got it twice. Yeah. Of uh, Job <laughs> for a Cowboy. Check it out. It's Chris Aiken Presents. Chris Aiken presents. It is me, Chris Aiken, and bassist Nick Shingelos of Job for a Cowboy. And Nick, let's let's get right into the record, man. Uh, yeah. You said the Forever Rot was your favorite song. 
Not that my opinion means anything, but my <laughs> my favorite song is The Sun Gave Ashes, So I Sought Out the Moon. Yeah. It, arguably, it's so ambitious, so crazy. Yeah. Uh, what, what a wild tune, man. Tell me what was going on when you put this thing together. All right, so that's the uh, okay, cool, yeah. So that one is uh, it's probably the heaviest song on the record. I would okay. I would give that title to that song. Um, and uh, I believe it was in I want to say it's in seven. The riff is in seven. Um, and I remember Tony just kind of having this setting that song over, and I was just like, oh shit, this thing's super super heavy. And um, then when Naveen put the drums on it, it just got out. It's just insane, you know. Trying right. to trying to match what Naveen's doing there. There's all this really really sick, um, like uh, just his his subdivision and the way he chooses to do his fills and stuff. Uh, very very jazz like. Um, mm -hmm. He's got jazz hands. So trying to match all that stuff was. It took me a while on this particular song, um, and uh, I love. I think it's the, probably the coolest title on the record for sure as well certainly the longest yeah uh -huh, yeah um but it just kind of it's it's kind of um uh summarizes i guess the the, the transition and the connection between sun eater and moon healer right the character the character sort of goes through this first process where he's like kind of burned by the sun if you will and then um and the elements that it really represents, you know, like the kind of archetypal Carl Jung type stuff. And then the moon is sort of the inverse. It's it's a little more, um, don't want to necessarily say like benevolent, but it's 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 like an ally to him, right. you know, to this character. Um, so the, the, the essence of, you know, moon healer instead of mm -hmm. sun eater, right? Um, so, yeah, the, the, the sun gave me ashes, so I sought out the moon too. It's, also one of my favorite like um vocal hooks that johnny pulls when he say, says sure. that exact line and i he the way he enunciates stuff is so crazy that i did not know until he told me the name of the song what he was saying so i, I thought he was saying so i bought off the moon or i bit off the moon or something <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh but yeah he's he, i love his like sort of um his very uh rebellious nature and his enunciation right on <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I, I, I got to ask you, as a as the bass player, are you a right. guitar player that plays bass? Because a lot of your bass lines are just fucking sick. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they sound like guitar lines. They don't uh, sound like, they don't sound like, and I guess it would be impossible really to just straight follow the drums, but, right. but your guitar lines don't necessarily even overlap the drums a lot of the time you go in your own place which makes right. me think you're you might have been a guitar player that now plays bass i was a, a failed guitar player okay um, <laughs> that, there's that that's that trope you know like that you know bassists such as failed guitarists but um realistically I, I just i played guitar when i was growing up and i just sucked at it probably just didn't put the time into it which means i really just don't think i fell in love with it the way that i did with bass okay. you know I, I i started playing bass because of Ryan Martini um, on uh, Mudvayne's LD50. When I first heard that, I was like, we had, we could never find a bass player. And, and I heard that record and I was like, oh my God, this is like the inverse. It's like, he's doing the main motif 
you know, he's playing the main melody line right. of the music and the guitarist is kind of doing more of a rhythmic role that a bass player would traditionally do. And I just love that because the, the timbre of the instrument, the sound of the electric bass guitar, um, I think it's very underutilized in music. And especially like you got all these frets, you know, mm -hmm. 12 to 24 up there that, you know, a lot of metal bands and stuff are like, you know, guys don't get above the fifth fret on the bottom two strings. Um, and that serves its place. That's got its part. I know that it's, you know, you, we want to be good foundational players, you know, because in order, the bass is the foundation, right? And like in order to have a good house, you got to have a good foundation. Right, right. And nobody ever really comes up in, um, this is a, a, like a, a, a Wooten quote, but he's like, nobody ever comes up to a, a beautiful house and is like, wow, what a beautiful foundation, you know? Like, <laughs> right. But the house wouldn't stand without that. So That's right. I, I get that side of it. But I also think that there's room for the bass to sort of speak. And that's kind of, so I, I really don't think about it like guitar lines. I grew up singing my whole life. I love singing. And um, I sing when I walk in and out of any building. It's weird. Like, it's subconscious. I don't even know that I'm doing sure. it. But my, my girlfriend and my mom are like, oh, yeah, you sing when you walk in and out of a room. You sing when you walk in and out of a building. It's just fucking weird. But anyways, um, I, I sort of like to think about the lines when I'm writing them in a melodic sense, really more from like a singing perspective, like vocal phrasing. Sure. Um, and especially because like if you think about in extreme metal, uh, when you have, you know, extreme vocals, gutturals, false chord, fry, all that stuff, um, false chord uh, singing in general is not exactly super melodic. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of room for like a form of melodicism. Right. In, in especially like melodic technical death metal or whatever you want to call it. But um, that I found room, especially with the way Tony plays now, uh, Sun Eater forward, like these kind of, he'll write these parts with these kind of big open arpeggiated chords, you know. Right. And that big long hangout at the end gives room for the drummer to go. Da, 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 da. And then right. I can grab, I can grab the fill with that drummer. Da, 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 da. So it's kind of like, you know, I've even done exercises before where I'll, I'll like play along to some of my more favorite singers and play mm -hmm. the sync, like play on my bass the vocal line, right? And just to figure out their phrasing, because like we're all tuned to listen to each other to singing first and foremost. You know, ninety percent mm -hmm. of people are going to pay attention to the the lyrics and the vocals. So I try, I'm trying to like. I guess emulate like a, the human voice or like to make it like a vocal phrasing um, in, in the parts and hope it comes across cool. Well, it, it obviously does. And it, it obviously is one of those things that separates you guys from everybody else. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a reason that there's, you know, we mentioned it before. There's a reason that there's one dominant death metal band in 40 years. And, <laughs> right. You, yeah. know, you know, and that's you're talking, about, you're talking about death clock, right? Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. <laughs> I think Death Clock is more, well, you know, you get a show on Comedy Central, but yeah, I mean, realistically, it's Kim, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's just craziness, but dude, I, I'm curious, this is just another curious question, but it, it definitely applies to Moon Healer, which is such a complex record. To, the, to a listener, it's complex. Right. How do you guys decipher musically what you're doing your ideas and flesh out the parts to make it cohesive because a lot of it in my head i'll hear it i'll be like how the 
fuck did they get this to this? Right. You know, yeah. and it's it, it's got to be. I I have to imagine you guys fight a lot to get it done. I mean, actually, it's it's pretty. We've sort of settled into this writing process where you know Tony's in Ireland, and so and he's kind of the main melody writer, or at least he was for Moon Healer. Um, hey, buddy. The cat might make an appearance here, but um, but yeah, it's like um, he's such a great guitar player, and his his ideas are really kind of starting to. He writes them in in passages and in in sections, so we don't just get like riffs kind of the way we used to, where you just kind of like, oh, here's a bowl of riffs, let's mm -hmm. figure out what's one to sound together. It's really like more thought out full sections that he comes up with, and if, if not full songs that he'll okay. send over. So then it's really just more about like, okay hearing it from the objective, you know, or trying to be objective from, uh, at least because it's not something that you wrote, right? But being like, oh, I don't know if this flows together really well with this. Can you change that riff, change the timing of it? Or maybe we need to slow down this section. Um, or in general, just, I don't like this riff. You know, can we, mm -hmm. can we come up with something else like that? So I wouldn't say fighting really at all. Actually, it's just really creative construction um where you know if if somebody doesn't really like something we just keep coming up with new stuff until everybody's down with it um and a lot of trust too because like you know i i don't think i really got asked to change any parts johnny had me change a couple parts on my bass, and when we were tracking it he's like this this part's gotta go and i was like okay but for the most part like i send the stuff over to him each as we finish the tracks one by one um out of jason's send it off to everybody and they're like dude wow sick you know right. so it's it, it's really one of those things where it's just kind of like i guess um also partially why it took so long is that you know it, this stuff is super super complex mm -hmm. and uh in order to make sure that it flows that it's not like jerky and like mm -hmm. you know uh jolting in a bad way or like you know feels like uh if it, it, we just didn't want anything to feel unfinished you know right. like ah oh, this is polished um, so that part took a, that does take a long time, you know, do you have to take the, when you do it in the studio, it's one thing, do you guys have to kind of play through it before you call it done so that you're sure you can play it live? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> we just suffer when it's time to play it live. You just curse the guy. That's out. <laughs> in the studio. It's like, we have two, you have two people, right? It's right. like, you're the, you're the guy in the, uh, studio and then, um, you pass the buck on to future you right. that has to fucking A, figure out what you even did. Right. And then play it and play it clean and play it tight for live. So like, I'm always like future me hates studio me because <laughs> he's, nice. he's, he's an inconsiderate asshole who writes shit. That's like fucking borderline impossible to right. play. But then I'm like, okay, we're playing live. All right. <laughs> oh my god this is gonna take me so long to get down but that also is there's growth in that and like i feel like i've grown a lot i i a lot of my growth as a player comes from recording stuff that's like forces me out of my comfort zone and uh, right. like above my current ability so like okay we well, have to get it down for live so i'm like okay and then you, you oh wow okay i can actually play that wow I didn't think that was going to be possible. And then like your brain changes a little bit and all of a sudden, right. you're like, Ooh, you, you level up a little bit like a video game, you know? Right. It's like the continual challenge. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we should probably be trying to do that with everything in our lives, you know, agree or not. It doesn't matter either. It's a simulation. <laughs> 
Right. Well, I'll tell you what, dude, let's wrap, let's wrap this one up with, um, beyond, sure. with the beyond the chemical doorway video. Great video, oh. great tune. Um, but before we play that to wrap it up, tell people where we should send them to buy. And I do say buy, not just stream, oh, buy cool. merch, buy, oh, cool. buy music and buy tickets. Sure. Uh, so it's, uh, I believe it's just uh, metalblade.com. Let me make sure that it's, that's the actual site. Yeah, metalblade.com. Um okay. and you can you can buy the record direct through there. Um or our merch is uh at downright um is the name of the merch, but you can find it linked into the metal uh, off of the metal blade page. Um okay. and then it's available on all streaming platforms too. But I'll tell you what, man, there's something cool about you know, I'm, these kids aren't today I, I'm yeah. now officially uh that old guy, but like there's something cool and magical that happens when you get a physical copy. Yeah of something and like you put your time and effort into making this connection with it. You're reading the lyrics as mm -hmm. you're listening to it, like seeing the artwork as you're what it's like, it's more of an experience and we need to make music an experience again because right. it's being relegated to background music at the gym or on the, your way to someplace. Mm -hmm. Like it's not an event of, in, in and of itself. And for us growing up, it was man. You'd be yeah. like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm going to listen to some music. That That's is right. a thing that you can do. It's not like music just as like, Oh, for the background. You're like, dude, right. get in, get into it. You know what I mean? You'll make a stronger connection with the music and get something out of it. I, I tell people all the time, nobody has an autographed Spotify app. So, <laughs> so buy something. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Awesome. Dude. Well, thank you so much for having us on. All right. Um, well, yeah, and, uh, dude. Well, let's check it out. This is Beyond the Chemical Doorway. It is John for a Cowboy and Nick. Thanks so much for joining me here on Chris Aiken Presents. Yes. ever-evolving world music. Artists need to reach their audience faster than ever before. Introducing Too Immersive For You, the Emmy-nominated pioneers in viewership experience. We've revolutionized the way music artists share their material with the world. Our groundbreaking AI engine generates stunning visuals that bring your music to life. Imagine having your own personalized music video perfectly synchronized to your unique sound in a matter of hours, not weeks. With Too Immersive For You, it's now a reality. Get ready to unlock a new dimension of music visualization. Too Immersive For You, where music meets immersive visuals. Contact us now to discover how Too Immersive For You can elevate your music to new heights. www.musicvideoai.net